0: Welcome to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Here's your host, Steve Hudgens. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Steve, your host. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This podcast is about how to be a better you. Sometimes we interview a variety of people to help you to look at things from a different perspective. Julia's taking the day off and with me in the podcast studio is Michael. Michael's a PCT tech who is at the emergency room there at St. John's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mike is a great friend. We go to the same place of worship and that's how we kind of met. You know Mike, when I was in ICU I had a conversation with the my doctor and he received a text message about a nurse who was a military veteran who committed suicide. Do you know much about that situation there?
1: Just a little bit. I don't know uh, all the details, but all I know is that he was a great guy, you know, loved people, love life. He just, you know, loved being around people, period, will come across each other, you know, in the morning, he'll work late at night and I would come in that morning or vice versa when he comes in in the afternoon and I come in the morning or leave in the morning and I would come in the morning. (laughs) But anyways, uh, every time I ran across by him, you know, just happy, full of life and joy. Always like, Hey, Michael, how you doing? You know? And I say, Hey, I'm good. You know, what's going on? He says, Oh, nothing. Uh, that's how we would come across each other doing work. And so when I heard about the suicide, couldn't believe it. Like I, I was really in shock and I just, you know, I, I wonder why or what happened or what caused this incident. We, we all go through life with, with, with difficult and just a lot of things going on. And I just, I, I can't even imagine, you know, what, what process and what he went through going through that. I, I can say, you know, when when I was homeless, I, I had went through something similar to that and I almost took my life. And, and I can explain that to you, Steve. So about 2017, uh, around August, I just was in a toxic relationship. Things wasn't going well. And I was working at the hospital at the time and I still am now, but Zumba, I don't think I've told you about that. I I used to teach a a Zumba class at Lifetime Fitness. At the time, uh, like I said, me and the other significant, we were having a real bad relationship and that ended and I basically had nowhere to go. Like I was living with her, you know, no family here. I basically was homeless. Around that time, like nothing wasn't going well for me. I had just lost my apartment before I moved in with her not too long ago because of my my brother. And to make a long story short, I had co-signed a car for him and didn't know it got repoed. Until I moved here to Tulsa, and i didn't know that it went to court or anything either. They had all the documents signed. As soon as I got the paperwork mailed to me, I basically started losing all my money towards what I've worked hard for. You know, I just I started losing money, and I withdraw my savings account this and there. You know, they basically took thirty five. I think they said it took thirty five percent out of my check. So me. You know, I make this big check. Now it's, you know, I have this amount left and I literally can't do nothing. I can't even pay my bills. I mean, life was just really hard and it was rough. And, you know, I, at the time I wasn't going to church when, when I taught Zumba. Like I that was my like getaway from everything. Like I thought life was just, you know, so good. You know that I can just do Zumba and I'm fine. You know that was like my my high, as as you can say, my high.
0: When when you think about homelessness, there's a stigmatism that's there that people just kind of give up. And yeah, you know, a long time ago there was a a guy who they called the a man with a golden voice, mm-hmm. radio disc jockey there in Chicago, who lost his job, lost everything due to alcoholism and 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 drugs and was on the streets for 10 years mm-hmm. and was rediscovered. And that's a whole different story. But when it comes down to homelessness, I mean, here you are trying to do a good deed for your brother and you had no idea that the hardship of financial situation was coming down, not only him, but it affected you Yes. in, in, in such a way. Yes. You, you know when you think about home, what so what did you do when you were homeless? Did you try to find shelter? What what happened?
1: So literally, I would stay in my car if I needed to. And see, this is when I I taught Zumba at the time as well. And so, whenever I taught class, I would charge my phone and my iPad. I would literally after I left class, like I would just sit at Lifetime parking lot or go to the hospital in the garage and. and sit there as well. I I try to make it through life. You know, I took a shower there at the gym when I needed to. If I wanted to watch TV, I would go to like Buffalo Wild Wings and just watch TV and then, you know, just sit back in my car. It was so weird that year because that year it wasn't even hot around August, September, and October of that year. I was really shocked because I just thought about like, oh my God, the heat, the heat is going to be bad for me. You know, I have to leave my car on you know, to get cool. And I, I never did have to use the heat, which was like so bizarre. I I seriously just made it through. I seriously do not know how, like I really made it through. And there's nothing but God that made me get back on my feet. I think my friend here, Chris Cordray, because he really got me to like get me back up on my feet because I seriously, like, I think that day before he had talked to me, I was just going to end my life there. Talked to him that night and told him, you know, I was homeless and, you know, like, I, I really had nowhere to go. And, you know, I thought about ending my life and he was just like, man, Michael, I got you, you know, don't worry. I got you. And so him doing that, like, oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was wondering, I want to interject here. When, when you're in homeless, how how long did you stay homeless until you let somebody know your condition?
1: Uh, for almost it was three and a half months. Oh wow. And that was the longest, yeah. And I seriously like didn't know what to do. Like my my mom and dad, you know, during they were in Lawton, uh, my brother at the time, you know, he wasn't he wasn't making ends meet and my parents were helping him. And so at the time, like I knew that I needed help, but didn't know how to ask. And so it just, I, I didn't want to seem like I was like, sorry, you know, like I didn't, I wasn't worth nothing. Like nobody can help me. And so I I seriously didn't know how to ask somebody. Uh, I went on, on, on faith and asked uh, Chris, could I stay with him for a couple of weeks? Seriously. Like that helped me that lifted me up so much. And Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know how, or or why I got back on my feet, but I'm telling you, God was there through it all. He He was there, and I uh, I know the last day when when I felt like I was gonna end my life. That day, I uh told God like I'm here, I'm done. Like this is this is me. Like I, I need you, I need you so much right now. And I cried, I cried so much. I, I man, I can't even imagine how how uh, much tears I shared.
0: I want to go back a little bit when you're in this homeless situation, didn't know who to ask. Do you think a lot of times that's what happens to the people that are homeless? They just don't know what to do, who to ask or how to get back on their feet. Is it, is it a pride thing or.
1: For me, it it was a pride thing because Mm -hmm. I've always been this good guy, you know, and, and, Uh, mom and dad raised me right, you know, raised me in church. And, you know, I uh, was always like this upbeat, you know, good guy, always just uh, fun and full of life. And, you know, now I was at my lowest point. I couldn't even get anybody to be happy for me. Like, I I was just down and sad. Like, I I couldn't do anything.
0: You know, we, we hear churches say, won't you come and we'll help you. What was going through your mind about not asking a church for help?
1: At the time, I wasn't even going that church. And mm. if, if I did, I, I seriously would have asked the church. And if, you know, something had happened where they couldn't or they could, I, I couldn't tell you what I would have done. If I did, like I said, if I did ask the church um, Uh, I just, I would have, but I of course didn't have a church home, you know, I wasn't with anybody. And so, yeah, at the time I, like I said, I just, I was at my lowest point and didn't know who to turn to.
0: So here you are at your lowest point, not knowing who to talk to, who to turn to. I mean, I can't imagine people like Robin Williams. I mean, here, here's a famous comedian. Even, even recently, Naomi Judd.
1: Yeah, shot yeah.
0: and killed herself, and it's like I know what you're talking about because when I had that 34 percent chance of living with cancer, <clears throat> a lot of other stuff was hitting me at once. Yeah, and and I don't want to take away from you, but when you hit that pressure point, you begin to ask yourself, "Is there a reason to
1: exist?" You're right. Like, what was my worth? You right. know like i I seriously like doubted myself, and I mean for a while like i it, it just didn't happen you know overnight, but I did for a while, even when I taught zumba like uh and when I was homeless at the same time, like why, like what's my worth here on on earth like what what am I doing you know
0: but but do you think with Zumba, it's music, it gets mm-hmm. you motivated, it gets you moving fast so Mm -hmm. that type of movement didn't help
1: you know what it did for a second Mm. and then i and then right when music and all the stuff ended the class ended i went back to just down it just it literally brought me down
0: you know i'm glad you mentioned that because we need a sense of community
1: yes And, and I think
0: when you were teaching the Zumba, you had a community. Mm-hmm. You, you felt a place of belonging. Yes. And when that was done, that euphoric experience just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And here you're back into that depression state. Yes. So when you were going through just the thoughts of suicide, what were you thinking, like jump off the Golden Gate Bridge? Were you thinking of overdosing? What what was going through your mind at that time when you had a low point?
1: At the time, I seriously either thought about doing pills or just getting a knife and then just like slitting my throat. That's, mm. that's how low it, it got.
0: And where did you hear the voice to say you are enough to where you decided I can't go through with it.
1: So I think it was like the end of that third month or yeah, the end of that third month, um, I just got off of work and I sat in my car and I just started crying and I was just like, God help me. Like, I need you. I need you right now. And I kid you not. Like I felt this touch, the sense of, of, uh, urge the sense of like being myself again like it, it hit me it hit me so hard and so what I thought about suicide or doing anything to myself that went away it literally just went away and so when I when that happened um like I said that next night when I worked uh that's when I talked to my friend and I kid you not like I just poured everything out and he just he hugged me and said, "Michael's is gonna be all right. You know, I'm here. You know, I, I'm here with you, my man." And so, I literally just it. God just came through, <laughs> and he came through. And so, like with with stress or anything that comes my way, I seriously just ah oh, man. Uh, give me a second. I'm sorry. Um,
0: oh, no, you're fine. You know, Mike, when. You make a great point. People who are going through that type of emotion, they don't know who to reach out to. But people who are thinking suicide, all they want is someone to listen.
1: That's it. That's it. They
0: they want somebody who genuinely cares for
1: them. That's right.
0: That's right. The thing about it is, is that we think there are people who are strong, like Robin Williams, Naomi Judd. And here I am thinking I'm strong. You're strong. Yes. But we have our kryptonite that brings us down to the knees. And I I think that that moment that we cry out, you felt the power and the energy of God going through your friend that changed your life.
1: Yes, sir. I absolutely did.
0: And I felt the same way. And when you, you have to follow through, it's one thing to hear the voice of God and do nothing. to mm-hmm. stay in that position. Yes. But it's an act of faith that you have to move through. Yes. And you have somebody there that was had your back. So what happened after Chris says, Hey, I got your back.
1: So, uh, I had stayed with him and was able to, and I, and I, I told you that it was two weeks, but it was a month to get back on my feet. I literally just started saving here and there a little bit because like I told you, they took 30, 35% out of my check. And so whatever I did make, I could work as many hours as I want. They took mostly all that check. And I'm telling you, when I look at that check, uh, Steve, it about killed me every time, you know, and I I literally paid this car payment for almost two and a half years before I Got back to where, you know, I was able to live and do the things I need to do and to save, you know, here and there. And so, man, it, it was rough, but I made it through stuff that I, you know, go through now or, you know, than I did back then. Like the stress that I had when I was homeless, like now it's nothing like my wife. Now, you know, sometimes she has things that, you know, she stressed about. And I said, babe don't worry about it. God's got us like, do not worry. You know, I I heard the saying say, pray and don't worry. And that's what I literally do is pray and don't worry because God is in control of everything, of all of our situation, of all of our needs. And so when he's there, anything is possible. You know, miracles are performed. Uh, We just serve a a mighty God. You know, Mike,
0: you and I come from somewhat of a faith background mm-hmm. and we've been hit and, and, and people outside that maybe non-Christians or those that believe in God, but don't do much. Mm-hmm. it It's impactful. Yes. Because it's, we want to blame God and God is not to blame. He's not this genie that, Puts us wherever he needs to put us like Zeus. You're right. And when you think about your story, what do you do as somebody who doesn't believe in God?
1: Oh man. You know, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I would literally tell them my testimony, but you know, like, like for me and you, you know, it's different because we go to church, but like you said, for, for a non-believer, um, it wouldn't be hard to tell them that, and to get them to, uh, what I want to say, get them to uh, believe, you know. But like I said, like we can't, we can't make people believe and make people love God the way that we do, the way that we understand, you know. That that has to come from them, you know. All we can do is tell them about what God has done for us, or give us, give them our testimony about how God deliver us from, you know, whatever situation, you know, and it's on to them. If God touched their heart, it's a long shot. But hey, if I can give my testimony to somebody and help somebody else out, hey, I did some. And and it's not even to me, it's God that did that. I I would be seriously uh, proud of that. And God, of course, you know, he's just, just love, love people, period. And that's how You know, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to love everybody, period. You know, my parents have always told me to love unconditionally, you know, old, white, black, Indian, red, whatever the case may be, whatever color or race. You know, I've always loved people regardless. Like I said, you know, just by telling a non-believer something about, about my testimony, you know, hey, if they believe, that's great. But if they don't, hey, I got my story out there for them.
0: You know, the, the thing about it, Mike, is you and I connected when we went to a men's gathering. Yes. And hearing each other's story, and we, we, we bonded, we connected.
1: Oh, yeah. Very touching.
0: And one of the things that I think we need to really emphasize, you know, the, the good book talks about confessing your sin. Well, mm-hmm. to me, sin is a God term. Mm -hmm. it doesn't bring it to humanity. And what Mm -hmm. you and I just did in this podcast, we talked about our humanness. Mm -hmm. So when we confess our humanity, Mm -hmm. there is so much that comes from it. Yes. And one of the things I tell my clients that come see me for therapy is that we confess our humanity Mm -hmm. because what it does, it removes judgment out.
1: That's right. Because that's when you it. put
0: sin in there, that's judgment from God. But when mm-hmm. you put humanity that you and I are talking about here, it should remove judgment. Yes. Put empathy and grace. There you go. Because you took a look of faith. I took a look of faith. Mm-hmm. And I've been blessed tremendously.
1: Yes. Amen. You know, yeah,
0: I had a spouse that left me because of my mm-hmm. health condition mm-hmm. but during this process he's redeemed me and blessed me twice as much amen and you look at your situation you went from a toxic relationship and you're married you're uh-huh. successful mm-hmm. and I hear you got a baby like, coming on the way
1: uh, yes sir we're very excited November 17 uh, she is 30 weeks now The doctor measured her, the OB doctor measured her at 31 weeks. You know, like you said, God has blessed me tremendously. Uh, Married a wonderful, and I mean, a virtuous woman. Like, oh my gosh, like she is just amazing. I kid you not. I mean, because of her, I'm about to have two kids, you know, and I never thought I would have kids, you know. And so just having Maya and uh, the little guy, Quincy, that is about to be here with us. Uh, is is just amazing, and to see God's creation made that way, coming, you know, from her is just oh my goodness, so you know. My, so
0: I, 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 it's, it just makes me so ecstatic to hear where you've been and where you are now. Yeah, and you know, we're running out of time, and and mm-hmm. to close, I want to make this point to our listeners: you have to get connected. There is no shame in asking for
1: help. Not at all. You,
0: you have to have a sense of community.
1: There you go. And
0: if you feel that you are at a point of taking your life, please call the suicide hotline. Yes. Grab a friend. Talk to a friend. Talk to someone. really wants to help you (laughs) because ending your life is not just worth it it only begins a life of pain for others that are left behind amen mike thank you so much for today and sharing your story with us
1: hey steve appreciate you for having me yes sir
0: thanks for joining us today we hope to have you back next week until then be safe and be kind Thank you.